Good Tuesday, everyone. Welcome to the Blue Water Climate Control VolQuest.com podcast with Austin Price and Rob Lewis. I'm Brent Hubbs. want to thank you for joining us. Plenty to get to in this podcast. We'll talk a little hoops. We'll talk some recruiting. We'll talk some spring football as well. We'll also talk about our friends at Blue Water Climate Control. And remember, if you schedule a spring heating and air tune-up with Blue Water Climate Control between now and the spring game, they're going to put your name into a drawing to win two season tickets, ball passes. That's two tickets to all eight Tennessee home games next year. Refer a friend, you increase your chances to win as well. The drawing will be held on April the 26th. You can call Blue Water Climate Control today at 865-299-2290, or you can go to bluewaterclimatecontrol.com to schedule your appointment today. Again, schedule a spring heating and air tune-up and get registered to win season tickets to Tennessee football this fall and the start of the Josh Heupel era. Before we get to football, let's talk some hoops. We know where Tennessee is seated, Rob. We know who they're going to play. We obviously know their destination in Indianapolis. Uh, I know you mentioned this on the board after the seedings came out, after you'd reviewed it. What, what do you think of Tennessee's opening round matchup against Oregon State? What do you think about the draw in general? Uh, I mean, I, I don't think it's awful. I mean, you're going to play somebody good in the second round, no matter, you know, what's your matchup is if you're a five seed, if you're going to see somebody competent. Uh, the only thing about Oregon, I mean, I, I think Tennessee matches up fine with Oregon State. I don't pretend to be an expert on them. I did catch a good chunk of their games on Friday and Saturday in the Pac-12 tournament since they were the, the last tip to go. So I had a chance to watch them. And, I mean, they, did, they just look like one of those teams you see in March that it it's kind of starts all clicking for them at the end. I mean, they, they weren't – for example, they weren't a great three-point shooting team by any means all year long. They go into the Pac-12 tournament, make 29 out of 66 in, in three games, 44%. That's as a team, that, that's pretty strong. You know, that's probably not sustainable, but you know, if they go out and make 10 or 11 threes, that's that's where you see upsets happen in, in March Madness. They're they're not super athletic. Um, Evan Thompson is a really good player, but you know, I think Tennessee has has guys that can match up with him. He's a six-five guard, really strong, can shoot it a little bit. But the only they only have two guys that average double digits. Their best big man is a six-seven forward. You know, kind of. So you know they're not going to beat Tennessee up that way. I think Oklahoma State can really give Tennessee problems, especially if Fulkerson is not available. You know, obviously um, the freshman is 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 fantastic, but but they're really they're really bouncy and athletic inside. I mean, I think they could. They could get Tennessee some problems on the boards. I mean, Cade Cunningham, I mean, he's he's a great, great prospect. But I think both Keon and, and Josiah are, you know, good enough, long enough, um, you know, good enough athletes that they could – I don't know about – I'm not saying handle him, but maybe keep him in check, keep him from dominating the game. I think the bigger concern without Fulkerson against Oklahoma State is the – they're not really big, but like I say, they're they're bouncy, they're long inside, and they they have a couple other guards that are really quick, good penetrators. Now let's talk a little bit about the Fulkerson thing. Um, are you surprised the SEC hasn't said anything? Yeah, surprised and disappointed. I mean, like I, I said and, and and written, if if Omar Payne you know walks across the street into Tootsie's after that game on Friday and does the same thing to a patron, he's in jail. And I mean, the fact that that Greg Sankey hasn't come out and and you know, made us made, issued some kind of disciplinary action. I think is if you're Tennessee, is a real disappointment because I mean that was just that was brutal. Never seen anything like it. 
You know, it's interesting. I saw some people talk about, you know, Danny White should have said something or, or Rick Barnes should have said something. My thing on that is, I mean, Greg Sankey's at the tournament. I mean, it, I mean, it's not like he it's not like you needed to send the tape in because he might have not caught the nine o'clock start on a midweek Wednesday game in SEC play on January the 18th. I mean, he's in the building and could obviously go check in Tennessee's locker room and check on Fulkerson at, at the time if, you, if, if he wants to. Um, I, I don't think Tennessee should have to say anything for Greg Sankey to, to make a statement. And, you know, Greg Sankey always talks about the safety and, and the welfare of the student-athlete. Um, I think it's a big miss here for, for the league office not to make some kind of statement, not to take some kind of action in, in this deal when we've seen him. Um, take other action in other sports, you know, and I know Tennessee fans bring up Jawan Jennings, but j- just other sports along the way, we see them take action. I'm just really surprised at the silence at this point and um, wonder if it wasn't the NCAA tournament, if there would be this kind of silence in the middle of January, if it were, you know, the opening couple of weeks of SEC play. Yeah, maybe. I, 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 was say, I, I think it's, you know, to me, this is a bad look for Mike White. You know, I, I think if, if, Eve Ponds hit a double elbow on somebody. I think Rick Barnes would have stepped in and 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 had some disciplinary action himself. I mean, this would be the equivalent because I mean the kid comes off the bench. I mean, like it's not like he's like one of their main key players. I mean, like this would be the equivalent of if Camwa, you know, hit a double elbow on somebody. I mean, like to me, like you you set a tone. You 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 know, it's to me it's easy to set a tone too with a kid that doesn't play a ton of minutes. So. Like I think more than anything, it's Mike White that that really had missed a golden opportunity to look good in this ins- in the in this instance. And yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I I've had some people speculate that the SEC is waiting to see what Florida will do. I mean, it's been three days. I mean, Florida's not going to do anything. I mean, they and and Hubbard, you made a great point. Sankey was in the building. I mean, he had he had all the you know ton tons of media there to get you know that that he could have addressed it with. I mean, he could have taken twenty four hours. You know, met, talked with both coaches, watched the tape, and, and done done something on Saturday. Just a, a, a big miss, I think. It, I agree with you, and, and we'll move on. To, back to Folky, though, before we completely move on to Fulkerson. Uh, Rob, it just doesn't feel like he's going to be available this weekend to me. I, I know that Rick Barnes is saying day-to-day, and, he's, and, and Fulkerson is with the team in, in Indianapolis, but it, it just doesn't feel like he's going to be – available and ready I, it could be but it doesn't feel like it to me yeah I'm, I'm skeptical I mean Tennessee Tennessee I mean they didn't walk anything back because they, they make an official statement but based on what I was hearing Sunday afternoon it didn't sound like it was like the chances were great now, t- now Tennessee certainly stopped well short of saying he was out and I know you know listening to Rick on vol calls he didn't he didn't have much to say about it one way or another but yeah, I'm with you, Hubbard. It feels like he's going to be out now. Would it be out Friday and then available Saturday? I think that's a, that's a separate issue, but just it hasn't felt like there's a ton of optimism to me. Yep, we'll see. Again, labeled day day to day is how it's been labeled. Speaking of day to day, that's kind of how the NCAA tournament is running. Um, I, in talking on, on vol calls to to Rick Barnes and, and Kelly Harper about just kind of the journey to try to get to the opening game. It's pretty wild how this thing is going to play out with the isolation that that everybody's going through and, and the severe isolation that you're going to have in, in the hotels where you're not supposed to be in the lobby um, other than to come through and get on your bus and go to practice or go to a game. And 
basically you're supposed to be in your room and on your floor in your hotel is essentially all, all you're allowed to do. I mean, there's going to be a meeting room for your team on your floor, it sounds like, but, but that's about it. I mean, it, it's going to require some mental toughness because to, to advance deep into this tournament because you're not just going to do that this week starting today leading up to a Friday tip-off. If you win through the weekend, you got to do the same thing next week. You know, and because and, nobody's going home over the weekend and going to a new site. You're staying there four, for a Four month. teams are going to be doing it for, for three weeks. Yeah. You're going to find out who really wants this. Like, who wants it? And, I, I mean, don't you guys think it's almost a, a, a given that somebody's going to te- – there's going to there's be a positive test somewhere. Somebody's wow. going to have to pack up and leave. Yeah, I mean, we're already okay. seeing it with some officials, too. I mean, they've already sent some officials home. <laughs> Ted Valentine. That arrived in – I mean, they arrived in Indianapolis, test positive, and, you know, you, you guys got to go home. But, yeah, it, it absolutely feels like, Rob, that somebody is going to, you know, somebody's going to test positive. And, you know, if they do, I mean, how are you going to, how are you going to say that you didn't have contact tracing and you, you can only send, you're only going to send a couple of guys home and keep your team there. I, I don't know how you're going to be able to pull that part off. If no, you get a test back, it, it, you remember how when we had the when we got to the high school football season, and you know we all were all in agreement. That, you know, there's going to be some teams that you know would fall by the wayside and and miss time due to COVID. But when we got to the playoffs, I think we all kind of agreed at that point in the year, everybody's going <laughs> to quit testing and 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 push through and make sure that nobody you know got eliminated because of because of COVID. The, the interesting thing here is you can't control the testing at this level, but I have a tough time believing, okay, let's say, you know, I'm just throwing out a random thing. Let's say Alabama gets a COVID test in round two and they have to exit. Do you think the same thing would happen if Alabama got a COVID outbreak in the semifinals? If they were in the final four, I don't, I think they'd push everything back because I think there'd be such a public outcry about it. I think they would they would push everything back. What do you guys think? Because I think that that dynamic is going to be interesting to me. Yeah, I, I think if it was a Final Four, I, I mean, I, I think I could see them doing that. I don't see them doing that before the Final Four, but I think I think that's a good point because I mean that would that would really cheapen things if you know somebody gets a bye in the semifinals. Yeah, and I mean, and if it's not like you're, you know, I don't think it's. You know, it's not like they, they have anything else going going on in Luke Soil Stadium ten days from there. You know, I mean, it's been a weird enough season where I, I, I think I agree with you, AP. I think they would push it back instead of having final three. Well, wow, you just ha- have them hang out for another week up there. Well, that, that's I, I, that, like that whole part is interesting. It's just it, 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 I mean, it's bizarre. Gonna be, yeah, you're gonna have them hang out for another week, or you're gonna send them back home and open everything back up to the possibility of not being in quarantine and, you know, and, and somebody being exposed back on campus. And I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that – I think there's going to be some NCAA officials who aren't going to sleep for the next month, Rob, or the next three weeks because I, I just think every day you're going to wake up and, and and hope that there's, you know, there's not going to be any testing or there's not going to be any positive tests. The other thing, too, and we don't – I don't know the answer to this. Maybe you do. Once you get through that initial – wave of testing and you co- bubble everybody are they going to test as as frequently as they do this first week i, I need to get some clarification my understanding is yes wow that it's going to continue to happen i mean that's gonna, I, that's, that's interesting I, I, I could be wrong but that's maybe i just heard something but that's that's my understanding i think the whole like you know 
uh, it's way more interesting, like the teams that are sitting there not in that could potentially get in if there is a team gets wiped out with COVID before Thursday or Friday. I mean, like that 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 is bizarre. I mean, that's like a PGA Tour event, like when like a, an alternate gets in because you know somebody had to withdraw due to a wrist injury. I mean, like <laughs> you're just sitting there, like you're like sitting up in the stands, and all of a sudden you're like, "We're in, let's go." <laughs> I mean, like that part of it is just wild. It's, I mean, the whole season's been wild, and it's certainly going to be wild to the finish. And, and obviously, Tennessee opens up with Oregon State. Um, I, I think mental toughness, though. I think, I think who handles – I, I don't think the mental toughness is a big deal going to the first game. But I think as you move forward, it's going to really test your, your mentality. I think going to the Sweet 16. I think it's going to be hard. I mean, I think it's going to be yeah. hard on guys to, to, to stay that locked in and, and stay that – isolated because here's the thing i mean throughout the season yeah they, they haven't been able to have dinners together or maybe they've had to go back to their apartments or their dorms they haven't hung out as much as they normally do but but they've gone places you know now you're going to go to floor four you know and, and and hang out essentially um which which i think is tough to ask you know 18 to 22 year olds to do for for a week long and i think austin you mentioned it those who are the most committed to it, most locked in, uh, and the toughest mentally are going to be the ones who handle it at best on, on both the women's game and the men's game. So you, you, you get you get your program, uh, you know, Netflix. You let them watch Bloodline, see Eric O'Bannon. Oh, you know, that, I mean, not everybody is as committed to you know staying, you know, in Corrington and, and growing the beard as you have. So. Oh, you, Hubbard, you, Hubbard, Hubbard's a big Bridgerton guy, I think. You, 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 I have no well, idea. He's the Queen's that. Gambit, Rob. <laughs> hey, don't don't you throw any shade on the Queen's Gambit. <laughs> Jeez, I, I hey, literally, I literally have no clue what either one of you are talking about. Listen, if it ain't, if it's not the Andy Griffith show or Leave It to Beaver, I don't watch Leave it, it to Beaver. Okay, I'm not watching Leave It to Beaver. All right, all right, let's move on. Let's move on to some, uh, so, some recruiting stuff, right quick. Everybody wants to know Austin when. When's Tennessee getting somebody? Where, where's things? Where's things at? Is there any momentum? Is Tennessee close to anybody? Will they have anybody committed in the month of March? Um, anything new of, of knowing that we've seen Tennessee offer some more kids, um, you know, and continue to, to look around the country and offering kids in California and, and, and various places, as well as continue to work the state of Tennessee, any significant movement of note? Uh, well, I, you saw Langston Patterson put out Monday night that he was going to do something on the 22nd, which is next Monday. I, I don't think that's Tennessee. Um, I think Vanderbilt sets up as a logical choice there. I, I thought maybe Notre Dame, but in talking to some people, it sounds like Vandy. Um, but who knows? I know it just doesn't feel like Tennessee. Um, is that Tennessee's on a him? Spot. Is that Go just a, is that just a case in Patterson that new staff and but it's a new staff at Vanderbilt. So is that just a comfort level wanting to stay close to home? You know, because he's uh, right there. I, I think he's always known Clark Lee though. So okay. like the relationship there, it's, you know. It also Notre Dame factor because you know, okay. you know, private school angle. You know, he was close with Clark Lee at Notre Dame. Now Clark yeah. Lee's at Vanderbilt, who's Makes you know sense. five miles away. Um, you know, so uh, Tennessee continues to search for the Wade twins. Continue to be in a really good spot there. Um, you know, I, I think they're in a good spot. David, uh, Darko Perkins, uh, a kid that Tennessee talks to on. Uh, as far as and then Fisher Anderson, the best thing they got going for him with Dallin Hayden is Dallin is you know and and no like 
he wants to take visits. Like he wants to get to June and like, and if they open this thing up, I think Dallin Hayden will take two or three official visits in June. Like, I, I think that's, that's going to happen in, in pretty short order. Um, you know, but you know, the good thing is you have time with him. Like some of these others, Jordan James, Isaiah Horton, I could see them going, pulling the trigger, you know, middle of April. If that happens, I don't see them picking Tennessee. You know, I think Isaiah Horton's more look, looking like Florida. I don't think that either kid is a take at Alabama. You know, I know they want to play up Alabama in their list of schools, but I just don't think that they're a take at Alabama at this point. And then, of course, Alabama just got Emmanuel Henderson, one of the top running backs in the country. Um, you know, so I, in my opinion, you know, that's kind of where they are in state. You know, I think that Tennessee, you know, is, is continuing to recruit several other guys, whether it be Jalen Lewis or Anthony Brown, you know, and those are good solid players. But I think the ones you got to watch to me right now are the Wades, Giovanni Davis, and then I think Fisher, Fisher Anderson eventually. I think he'd like to take visits too. Best thing that could happen to Tennessee is this thing opens up June 1. You get to have camps, you get to have visits. Something that looks like it's trending towards at this point is schools all over the country are ever, uh, setting up dates for camps. Yeah, and some schools are setting up dates for some visits, some tentative dates for official visits as well. Um, you know, I mean, like, per, per, like not, not a Tennessee kid, but talk, and we'll have a story coming out on him. Uh, Ron Brubaker, um, the offensive lineman from Denver, Pennsylvania, he is going to officially visit South Carolina. He's going to officially visit Penn State. He's going to officially visit Tennessee. Those are th three that he has locked in. Um, you know, I know everybody's going quick to say Penn State. I, I, I would not be so sure on that. Like, I think if if that's where he feels most comfortable, fine. But I don't think he is like – he does not like the whole notion and does not like to be perceived as, well, I'm from Pennsylvania, I'm going to Penn State. He, he made that very, very clear to me on the phone that, you know, that, that people that just – assume because you're that that's the closest school to you are um assuming wrong in his case interesting web we'll story coming up as you mentioned uh, on him a little bit later in the in the week as as you get more details and, and we'll have more details in the story on him later this week I, I should say i think you're right austin and and rob you know everybody in the country wants it to open up and, and wants to get guys on visit but it does feel like it's a disadvantage for tennessee right now that you can't have anybody on campus um, the, not saying they're the only school in the, can, in the in the country that needs campus open for them, but um, boy, to sell this new staff and to sell kind of the direction they're going, it certainly feels like they need the opportunity to get face to face with some kids. Yeah, I think any program with a new coaching staff is being hurt more by this than some place where there's been stability, continuity, where kids may have you know camped before their sophomore years or taken unofficial visits. We're seeing, you know, coaches at their practices and, and, and that kind of thing. So I think, you know, whether you're Tennessee or, or South Carolina or anybody else breaking in a new staff, I, I think it does put you at a disadvantage. And, you know, you get creative, as creative as you want, with, you know, technology and social media and all that. It's doesn't, you know, replace or doesn't compensate for being able to sit down in the same room with somebody and you know, have lunch or, or shake their hand or walk 15 minutes across campus and, ask every question you want to and actually, you know, get things pointed out to you. Oh, couldn't agree more, man. I, I just think that, you know, there's only, you know, the Zoom and stuff is fine and, and all schools are making do with, with what they're, you know, with what they're having to handle. But, you know, being able to, you know, 
get in a room with Brian Jean-Marie or, you know, Cody Burns or whoever and, and kind of feeling them out and seeing how they maneuver and how they treat people in person and all that. To me, that goes a long way. You know, being able to come on campus and just hang out with players, you know, goes a long way. You know, I, right now, Tennessee's got to find a way just to survive until it opens back up. All right, let's uh, flip it over or, or move over to, to football right quick. A week from today, Tennessee opens spring practice. What's going to be the biggest storyline about this team after week one of practice? What do you think, what do you think the buzz is going to be, Austin? <laughs> That's a good question. You know, um, I, I think ultimately it'll just be the offensive side of the ball, what the quarterbacks look like. You know, if, if we're allowed to have access, and we all going to hope that we are in some form or fashion, you know, what little bit we get to see, what what do they look like? You know, what does what does Harrison Bailey look like in this offense? What does, you know, Hendon Hooker look like? You know, how, how are those guys, you know, handling um, things in, in the uh, Jesse Simonton routes on air, um, all those type of things? Um, if we do get access, we're going to have to, we're going to have to like FaceTime Jesse so he can watch routes on air and we'll have to, we'll have to pay him to write up, to, to, to keep scoring that one, write something up. Sorry, we can't. He's he's already moved on to Saturday down south. So we, we oh. non compete. We can't right. can't get can't get the Gator Dog back. All right, Rob. Aside from the quarterbacks, and obviously quarterbacks are going to be the topic all spring, and no one's going to win the job, in my opinion, in 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 a month. I don't think. I don't think in fifteen practices anybody's going to win the job. Aside from the quarterback storyline, week one. I mean, do the sophomore receivers do they, you know, do they create any buzz? I think everybody feels like. You know, everybody that's optimistic that the offense can do something feels like they're going to have some playmakers on the perimeter. Do they, do they create any buzz? Is there, you know, what do they look like at linebacker? And they're just, what's the, what's the depth chart look like simply? And, um, you know, do they, are guys moving around? Where's Steve Beckwith at? Um, you know, secondary, what do you have outside of Alante Taylor? You know, and, you know, I know you've got guys who have played at safety, but I wouldn't exactly call Flowers and McCullough established, you know, veterans that have, that have played at a high level. You know, what's Willie Martinez do there? I, think, I mean, I think there's a lot. Who plays? Who's at left tackle? I mean, what does what does the offensive line look like? You know, you got some you got some pieces there, but left tackle I think is a question mark. And and you know, I'm with AP quarterbacks. Everybody's going to want to know what Salter looks like. How does Bailey look like? He's improved, and you get your first look at Hooker. What, what do you think – and, again, this is totally guessing. What do you think Tim Banks' goal is this spring? What, what do you think it's realistic for him to want to accomplish? Same thing on the offensive side of the ball. I guess you say Josh Heupel, it's his offense. But, you know, what, what do you think they're if – you could, if you could get them on, on, the, on the Zoom call here for the podcast and, and could, they could get them going, what, what do you think their realistic goals are for this spring? Get comfortable. You know, have the players be comfortable, have themselves be comfortable, you know, and, and not, you know, and, and just make it. As, I mean, you know, is it as simple as, as everybody wants to let on? We all know how Jeremy was about how simple his defense was, and then everybody said otherwise. You know, so I mean, like how how user friendly is everything? You know, if it's if it's user friendly, then you know, I think this this team can maybe grasp it and and, and get more comfortable themselves sooner rather than later. Rob. I think for banks, it's establishing a two deep. I mean, who can play? Who can you know? Who do you feel like can help you? Where do we you know? Who where do we really need to get ultra aggressive in the, in the transfer market? 
And um, on on the offensive side of the ball, I mean, I've broken record, the quarterback. I mean, I think you need to leave spring practice knowing who your quarterback's going to be, who's going to be leading seven on seven in, in the summer, who, you know, who's going to be going into, into fall as your number one guy. I mean, that's, again, that's, that's an obvious thing, but it's, it's obvious because it's such a big deal. Do, do, on a, on a, maybe a different, a little bit of a different note. Do, do we, do you think everybody makes, or we make too big of a deal out of what you can accomplish in spring practice and, and how significant spring practice is? I mean, you think about a year ago, you got new staffs being, you know, being in place around the country, Ole Miss, obviously Sam Pittman at Arkansas, and you look at what those guys got done. They never had spring practice. They didn't have a typical summer. They had an unusual preseason camp. And they went out and were competitive week in and week out. So, I mean, do you think we get caught up in, in you know, all this stuff that, you, you know, you got to get done or need to get done? Is, it, is some of it overblown in terms of what's realistic about what you're accomplishing in spring practice in terms of yeah. specifics? Some of it is overblown. But I think that – you know, as big as anything, is just changing the culture, changing the mindset, having more fun, having better chemistry. Um, you know, I, again, I continue to you know harp on that. Like, what? How much is that worth? How much is better staff chemistry? How much is better team chemistry? How much is that stuff worth? You know, to a Tennessee football program, you know, going forward. You know, because I think it, it matters a good deal. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think it's important for some of these young kids or less proven players to continue to get more practice time, to learn how to work, to continue to hone their craft. So I do think that parts of it are important, but I, I don't I, I don't think you can just, you know, bank on, you know, all these things you have to get done or, or it's going to be a failure. I think you can take a lot of positives out of spring, even if you maybe don't look great on the field. And, and I'll say this too. I, I will. I don't know if if those schools that are, some of those schools that had new staffs. I don't know how many of them got some practice time in a year ago before everything. We know what happened at Tennessee, but some schools were already in the middle of spring practice and, and got some practice time in. I just I find it interesting, you know, that that there was some success with first time coaches a year ago with some of the challenges they had of not having spring practice in a typical summer. So we'll see what this football team gets accomplished this spring. Again, a week from today, Tennessee takes the practice field. Hopefully we get to see uh, some of it. Um, I don't know how much, but hopefully we'll get to see some of it and uh, get to throw some highlights your way and some photos and some more observations and some things like that. So uh, hopefully we'll get an idea of how that coverage is going to be able to go or not go here in the coming days. I know Tennessee would like to see if they can – get some media access there. They've just got to get everything cleared up, obviously, and figure out how to do it if you can do it through protocols and all that kind of stuff. So we'll let you know on that. We'll also have full coverage of basketball as it's tournament time. How does Tennessee fare against Oregon State on Friday afternoon? We'll have full coverage of that. Preview a little baseball uh, this weekend as well as Tennessee opens SEC play. Plenty of stuff going on, plenty of discussions at VolQuest.com. But that's going to do it for this Tuesday edition of the VolQuest.com podcast presented by our friends at Blue Water Climate Control. For Rob Lewis and Austin Price, I'm Brent Hubbs. Thanks for joining us. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, everybody.